Hey folks and welcome to another episode of PodCraft. This is the show all about podcasting from launching your show to monetization and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray as always joined by Matthew McLean. How are you doing Matthew? A very good day to you sir. I'm, I'm pretty well. Yeah, how, how are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Quarantine life is um, is boring, but managing. Just about managing. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those like time of recording. It's the whole COVID thing. And and yeah. I, I was thinking to myself the other day. You know, like a few years from now, do you think podcast listeners are just going to totally block out any podcast yes. episodes that were recorded <laughs> in like the first half of twenty twenty? Because it's just all going to be like chat about this. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think it'll yes. get pretty old in a while. Aye. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, we won't dwell in it, but it it feels almost a bit disingenuous not to mention it though, because it's such a huge thing for everyone right now. So yeah. like, if you don't talk about it, it almost feels like you're being insensitive because you're not like accounting for people's situations right now. So it is, it's a funny one. Yeah, it's like for podcasting in general, for people who create media that's quite live, that goes out then and there, it's like, you almost need to take part in that zeitgeist or, or if that's the word for what this is i don't know mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a funny one i mean yeah fine at the time but i, I think in a few years people are going to be like don't listen to any episodes from that period yes. because they were obsessed <laughs> with it and you know rightly so i suppose but <laughs> okay well let's just say then i hope you are all out there staying well and safe um and hopefully um yeah we'll make it through all um together but yeah um let's just get into the content then and get on with some podcasting goodness um we thought we'd put together this episode because recently uh, we put out a blog post about our annual podcast discovery survey um which Ma- uh, matthew did a sterling job of managing this year so if you've not come across it the podcast discovery survey something we did last year basically to try and find out more about how people discover their podcasts, how people find their podcasts, with the aim being that we would find out more accurately how we should be marketing our podcasts. Is that right, Matthew? So that we can figure out where we should be talking about it, eh? Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I, I do think that, um, you know, the, the, the less guesswork that you have in growing your podcast, the better. So the stats that we were able to get, the data, you know, everyone loves a bit of stats and a bit of data to pour over, but this is actually pretty actionable as well because yeah. we can kind of spotlight things that we might want to pay a bit more attention to and likewise yes. it a bit less attention to or a bit less energy and time towards yeah exactly that so the aim of the end of this episode is to go through those stats is to tell you what came out of the podcast discovery survey how people are finding podcasts what people consider when thinking about listening to a podcast everything from you know the the platforms they're looking on the directories they're looking into and then you know whether they like long episodes short episodes regular episodes big back catalogs all that stuff we're going to delve into what people said about all of that um, and give you some actionable tips about how you can better you know, get your podcast out there or how you might want to change the metadata, the title, the description, that kind of stuff to make it more appealing to podcasters. Um, so the first thing to say, Matthew, like we, the response on this was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's probably worth just saying a quick note of thanks as well to to two yeah. of the companies that we partnered with to do yes, this survey, who kind of helped push push it out there as well. So Podchaser, who are pretty much the IMDb of podcasts, they did a great job in, in sharing it out amongst their audience, which is obviously they've got a lot of actual podcast listeners. Um, so again, like some of the 
the sort of cynical comments that we've had in the past about these surveys is like, oh, it's just this is just all podcasters talking about this. But mm. you know what, what we'll get to in a minute with the data. There was seven hundred and eighty people that took the survey, and forty one percent of them, not a small chunk of them, have never yeah. run their own podcast before. Um, so they might want to, but up until now they certainly don't. And I think yeah. there's a big overlap as well between uh, podcasters yeah. and podcast listeners. But um, yeah. not to get too diverted, now the other um, sponsor that I wanted to thank as well is uh, Samson, who are one of our favourite gear companies, um, probably our favorite, absolute favourite mic is their Samson Q2U, and they got involved as well because they've put up some prizes for the prize draw that we're going to do for everyone who entered, uh, which will probably um, hang back just now. The Postal Service internationally isn't very good and companies <laughs> are a bit locked down at the moment. So um, yeah. we'll be doing the prize draw, but probably not not in the immediate future. But it yeah, will we'll have to hold off. Yeah, a month or two at least, I would say. But we'll definitely, we do commit to getting them out there. We'll get them out to you, the prize winners, once we've uh, once we've got things back semi to normal. Um, but yeah, I mean, those numbers, 780 people. Uh, thanks to them as well, eh? Like everyone who filled in, if you're listening and you did fill it in, thanks so much. Like this stuff really is useful. It takes a bit of time out of your day to go and fill it in, but it really does help us to put out good data on the website to help other podcasters to improve what they do. So thank you. And it's almost, is it like, what did we get last time, Matthew? I should have looked this up before. It was 280, 300 or so. So we're yeah, more was, than double. I would say, yeah, between, between 280, 300. Yeah, so that's a fair old jump up. And um, yeah, yeah we've, we've, we do a few surveys on the site and our numbers have been climbing in recent years, which is really good to see because, again, it, yeah. it helps us to put out this really useful content for people. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. So let's get into the data then. Let's not make people uh, wait anymore. Um, The first part of it was really just, we looked at um, the the number of podcasters. So yeah, like Matthew said this already, 41% of all respondents had never run their own podcast. 59% have run their own podcast at least once in the past. But as you know, (laughs) as podcasters, we know there's plenty of ex-podcasters out there that have done like one or two episodes. So that 59% could include quite a lot of mainly listeners listeners and kind of podcast dabblers so um yeah but a good chunk of people who have never ever run a show so first bit of data matthew how do listeners search for new podcasts yeah so that that was the the question we asked was uh, you want to find a new podcast to listen to what do you do first and 40 percent of answers were folks who just searched their podcast listing apps directory Uh, we had 18 18 18.3 directly ask someone they know who likes the same stuff 15.2 percent ask on social media or in an online community 13.6% searched on Google, whilst 13% browsed through a podcast chart or featured section. So we've got a a bit of a deeper dive into the top answer there. So if you search your, your podcast listening apps directory, that could obviously mean a couple of different things. So out of that 40%, 58.1% of those people would uh, type the topic into their app's search bar and choose from the results. So that could be keywords or stuff like that. Uh, Whilst 41.9% would prefer to browse categories to find new podcasts. So how, Colin, well, firstly, a couple of questions for you. Anything surprising about that data? And I'll maybe ask you a wee bit about like, how does that compare to your own like listener uh, discovery journey, if you like? 
Yeah, yeah. The, the bit that surprises me most, I, I suppose I would have guessed that people do use the listening apps um, most. And it's good to get that confirmed, though, because you know how unpredictable people are sometimes. So it's good to know that um, folk are just popping into, you know, Apple Podcasts and searching the directory there. They're popping into po- Pocket Casts, they're popping into uh, Google Podcasts, whatever it might be. So it's good to know that it's worthwhile making sure that you're appearing in those directories and, and looking good. The bit that surprises me, actually, is that 42% that prefer to browse the categories. I just, I never look at categories at all. I just always type in a topic. Like, I, I just find it completely pointless almost to browse through categories because there's so much different, like, I don't know, the categories are too broad. We all know, like, fitting your podcast into an Apple podcast category is generally quite difficult. <laughs> like, you rarely find one that's actually really, um, unless you're in one of those really broad topics, you really find one that suits well. So the fact that that many people browse through categories, that almost makes me go back on a little bit of the advice I've given in the past, which is forget about things like your ranking within, you know, what's hot or within your category or within the new noteworthy, all that caper. It almost makes that a little bit more important again to me. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. I think um, it's easy to get entrenched in a particular view. And, you know, the data doesn't lie here. If people are browsing categories, they're browsing categories. So the question is then, well, how do I perform better in those categories? And it's kind of subject for another discussion. But if we look at like Apple being the 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 big, the big place, you know, sixty three percent of consumption, I think it was latterly, um, and the 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 thing that really drives your performance in there is your number of all time sub- subscribers based on what yeah. we think know about that. So yeah, yeah. yeah, important maybe to pay more attention to your calls to action and just making sure that you're getting listeners to subscribe to your podcast. Yeah, yeah, totally, absolutely, um, and, and sadly we can't, we don't really have much power over the other. Um, categories so like I, I, I use pocket casts that's one of my favorite listening apps and you go in the categories there um, and actually do you know what I need to look into this because I don't know how they whether they just put because they pull their listings from Apple podcasts but do they pull their rankings as well in the categories I'm, I'm really not sure so something that we'll follow up on actually and maybe find out a bit more about that since we've discovered it's a little bit more important maybe it's something we should do an article about in the future I think we uh, what's kind of clear here as well is the the sort of second and third result there. They're both essentially word of mouth, aren't they? So you've got thirty odd yeah. percent which you could chunk yeah. under word of mouth. So that shows again yeah. no big surprise. Word of mouth's great if you've got yeah. people talking about your show and recommending it. It's not going yeah. to do you any harm whatsoever. I think what well, kind of surprised me a wee bit was um, to see Google Google down there because Google's obviously like. It's, it's good at search. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I think I use it quite a lot to look for podcasts. And again, I was maybe just a wee bit surprised that more people don't as well, because like that's what it's made for. So Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I, I'm glad to see that they are relatively high, like 13.6%. I have a feeling that is a bit underrepresented, that there's a lot of people that do search on Google for those topics. And maybe, maybe they're not even looking for a podcast. They just search for a topic, but they end up finding a podcast. Um, so I feel like that was maybe one that could have been a bit higher if people had just thought a bit more or realised. But anyway, even with just that 13.6%, that's still a fair chunk of people. And it confirms what I think is a really easy win. I often talk about this to people when they're talking about how to get found more. I think the easy one of the easiest win. well, easiest is maybe not the word for it, but one of the most reliable wins is just to start putting a bit more work into your show notes. 
It's to make sure when you're publishing it on your website. Well, first place, making sure you're publishing your podcast on your own website. So you've got show notes that are on your website under your domain, not just the podcast host's website. So getting it on a WordPress website, installing some tools. We've got a full guide to this if you want to know how. It's actually really easy to install WordPress and put the tools on there you need to. Just go over to um, thepodcasthost.com forward slash website. I'll show you how to do it. Um, But yeah, put a bit of effort into the show notes and suddenly you can be found in Google so much more easily. Just a decent title that's a question that talks about the topic. Um, Put the player in there by all means, but then four or 500 words, a summary of what you talk about on that show. And that is like... Just doing that puts you in the top 5-10% of podcasters because the vast majority of podcasters put very little effort into their show notes. Um, and it's understandable because we're talkers. Like We don't like to write. <laughs> we're talking because, because we like that medium. But putting that wee bit of extra effort into creating a decent show notes, that's what makes you show up on Google. People will find you. Whether they're looking for a podcast or not, they'll find you answering that question. Um, and even if they're not looking for a podcast, they'll see it's there and they might end up listening. But they found your content either way. So yeah, I think that's great to see out there. Yeah, because I mean, ultimately, like we can... We can have educated guesses and speculate as to how podcast directories work and there's so many podcast directories but ultimately you you've got complete control over your own website and with a bit of gumption a bit of work into your seo you can do well on google it doesn't matter if your podcast brand new or not you know just do the right things on your website and eventually you're going to be able to rise to the top in a lot of categories so yeah definitely absolutely all right, enough on that one, or do you want to? Uh, any oh, other yeah, I think, we've, I think we've pretty much covered what we needed to there. Um, just looking at the next one, then, how yeah. do listeners judge potential new podcasts? So, what results did we get there, Colin? So, the winner, when considering a new show, um, basically it was a it was a one to ten scale, um, and we gave people uh, a range of different things that they consider when uh, thinking about subscribing to a new show. So we asked how important to you you is the following on a scale of one to 10. The leader was the podcast description with 7.8. So 7.8 out of 10, which represents very important, um, which I think, you know, you could almost argue that that's a bit obvious, but actually a lot of people don't put that much bother and put much effort into their description either because the description is the wordy bit. That's the bit where you've got to write a few paragraphs really about the show. Um, so it shows that people are looking at that description. They're not just judging by the cover, like by the cover art, by the title. They are looking at the description to get an idea of whether they want to subscribe to a show. So do put your your effort into that. Uh, next was the episode episode titles, which was a surprise a little bit, wasn't it? That beat out the actual um, name of the podcast. The episode titles were more important to people than the name of the podcast. Why do you think that is, Matthew? I think because, well, uh, what I've kind of wrote in the report is like the, the name of the podcast got a very average score of 5.1, yeah. but we yeah. know based on the last answer that that's maybe a bit lower than it than it really is. Like it suggests it's a bit lower, but if people are searching their app, you do need a good name, I would say. But it, it, this maybe suggests that they've already discovered the show because of the name and now they're looking at other things that are going to lead them to hit play so then they're looking at the episode titles so it could be that yeah yeah i think i think there's a bit of both i think you're absolutely right it's this this question was intended to 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 figure out 
when people have found a show, yeah, so they've found PodCraft, they've found this show, um, great, it's called PodCraft, wonderful, but what is it about? Then they start looking through the episode titles to see what you talk about. So this is more justification for the fact that you, you really need to put a bit of thought into your episode titles because some people just put, you know, if it's an interview show, they'll just name an episode Matthew McLean or Colin Gray and that's it. Like that's given nothing at all. This is even more justification for the fact that you have to put really good data into your titles, like really persuade people to listen through your episode titles. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that actually because it really kind of encourages us to put the effort into that. Um, yeah, you made a good point there on uh, the podcast description. Coincidentally, I've just published this morning on the site a brand new guide to writing your podcast description. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. find that at thepodcasthost.com forward slash description. I did make that yeah. pretty link in advance, very organized. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in the, the, the podcast description, you made a good point there, Colin. People, when they create their show and their media host, they tend to maybe have like the first episode or the episode zero. They've got that ready to upload. They've got their cover art. These are the things they're kind of focusing on. And then suddenly yeah. your media host, no matter who you're hosting on, you've got this big empty text box that you need to fill. A lot of people <laughs> just write a quick description there and then. So it's a bit of an afterthought. Yeah. And yeah. as it happened, you know, this is probably the most important thing that you can do. So, yeah. um, you know, the good thing about this is you could edit it. You could change it any time. So, yeah. yeah by all means bash something out get the show submitted but then it's maybe worth going back to it and having a good proper think about you know writing a writing a podcast description a podcast summary whatever you want to call it it's a bit like an about page on a website so yeah you do want to talk about um yourself and stuff like that but you really want to make it about your listener um you know what yeah. is this show about what problem does it solve why does it exist yeah. why do they want to listen you really want them to see yeah. that and think this is this yeah. is perfect this is the show for me so it's like kind of like the blurb on a book or like you know the description on a the back of a video game box or something like that it's just like it's the the key selling points isn't it yeah it's the benefit get the benefit in there why should they listen like they don't care who you are and what you do they want to know what you're going to give them so tell them what the benefits are that just what matthew said there that problem solution pair what's the problem that they have they'll identify with the solution that you're going to give and why are you uniquely served to give them that solution like what's unique about your approach to it make sure that's all in there in the description um and i'm just thinking as well like this is i'm very guilty of this i think but how many people out there have written their description like you say there matthew um just to submit their show they've just rushed through it and it's still sitting there two years later (laughs) i wonder like just get back there and have a look at your description if it's been out there a while get back there review it you should be looking at that every few months i would argue because if it's this important to people deciding whether to listen or not uh, your show topic tends to change your focus tends to change your your audience tends to change over the months so make sure you get in there and update it so that it's it's you know relevant to right now so what uh, what other results did we see in there? Then we've talked about the we've talked about the episode titles and the names. So we've got like yeah. um, frequency and new releases that got kind of just above average score of five points. Yeah. So people are obviously paying attention to that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would argue there yeah, the fives in there. You've got you've, we've got three ratings on five. So the frequency of new episodes at five point six, podcast rating and reviews at five point three, artwork at five point two, and the name at five point one i think when you get a scale of one to ten 
and you get things that come out at five, it's like a bit of a meh. It's mm. all right, but I'm not that fussed. Um, you're you're looking for the outliers on a scale like this. So that description at seven point eight, that is an outlier. That's like well, they they care about that. Even the episode titles at six point three, I would argue, it's not a, it's not like a whole massive amount above frequency. But even just hitting six rather than five is there's a difference there. Um, so they're all ones that are eh, it's important enough to think about. You know, episode frequency, artwork, name of the podcast, but. They're not making the difference, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting ones there, actually, the, you know, we asked as well, the final two, have you heard of the interview guest and have you heard of the presenter, both on 4.6 and 3.7 respectively? So uh, people caring less and less about who is on the show. Um, it's just more about the content, I would say, isn't it, Matthew? Yeah, less about who it's about and more about yeah. what it's about. So I, I think exactly. this is really good for a couple of reasons. Uh, firstly, you know, how many times do we work with people and they say, I, I just don't think anyone will care about what I say. I don't, I don't, you know, why would anyone listen to me? And it's yeah. good to see this data that, well, pe- people, it's not about you. People don't care. You know, they will get to care about you if you deliver good content consistently yeah. to them, yeah. but they're not looking thinking, I've never, never heard of this person. And likewise, yeah. um, a lot of folk, you know, if they can't maybe get the, like, whatever their niche or field is, if they can't get the sort of celebrities or the top people in that niche's interview guests, they feel that their show won't grow. And again, that's, um, you know, it, it'll never do you any harm getting these top people on, but that's not really what listeners are necessarily looking for. They're looking for, you know, content, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, think about that. Um just as we follow on resources for this section, we've got a guide to episode titles. So um, if you pop over to, this is on discoverability, isn't it, Matthew? Is it thepodcast.com, the, the podcast.com, thepodcasthost.com forward slash discoverability. That's the short link you've got for this. Is that right? I believe it is, yes. And if not, I'll make it. Yeah, we'll make it thepodcasthost.com the forward slash discoverability. If you go down to this section on how do people judge new episodes, you'll see a link in there for podcast episode titles. Um, we've got a full guide on how to name your episodes well, which should make a big difference there. We've also got one on podcast names as well for a deeper dive on how to name your show, since it's not um, the most important thing, but it definitely makes a difference. So worth having a look at that. All right, let's jump on to the next one. So how long does a podcast have to hook a new listener, Matthew? Yeah, so the question was, like, when when listening to a new show, how long do you think is a fair time to give it to hook you in before you give up on it? So we're all doing this uh, consciously or subconsciously when we listen to, to new shows. And yeah. the, uh, the winner there at 28.9% was uh, folks who were prepared to give a show uh, an episode up to 15 minutes, closely followed uh, by five minutes or less with 27.5. So, yeah, like you could say an average of maybe 10 minutes, and that's a fair old chunky part of the, the survey there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's harsh though, isn't it? Like you've got less than five minutes for a, for over a quarter of your audience. You've got less than five minutes to hook them in. Um, and there's even, there's two point, it's a small percentage, but there's 2.3% said they give it a minute or less. So if you don't grab them within a minute, that's that is harsh. <laughs> but, but yeah, absolutely. Like you say, Matthew, it, it, you've got up to 15 minutes for over half of the listening audience. So if you don't give some value, if you don't do well, if you don't hook them in, really persuade them to keep listening within 15 minutes you've already lost um nearly 60 percent of your audience 
because you've got the, the 27 and a half with five minutes or less and you've got the 28 with up to 15. So yeah, 10 minutes is a good average there, I would say, Matthew. Yeah, it just shows that, you know, there, there are so many podcasts out there these days and, and people already, if they're podcast listeners, they'll have like a playlist that's chocker with episodes they want to get through. So yeah, yeah, they've, yeah. they've no loyalty to the, the new podcast that they find. They just maybe want to make a quick decision on it. They're maybe yeah. even hoping they don't like it. So, yeah. you know, you're maybe fighting <laughs> a, a losing battle from the start. So it just shows, again, we've got, um, you'll find a link in the article here. There's a a guide to uh, introducing your podcast and yeah. the stuff that you want to have in there early doors you want to set your stall out and again make it clear that this is the show for them exactly yeah. what they're going to get if they stick around um, yeah. so I've, I've said in the article there you know if you if you're playing two minutes of music and then having 10 minutes of banter at the start of your show yeah. Yeah. you know that might be fine but that's probably why your downloads aren't gradually increasing over the years so it's, it's yeah. definitely something to pay attention to yep totally all right interesting next section potential turnoffs <laughs> so what puts people off listening to a show uh what about advertising the dreaded advert matthew do people care yeah i mean that's a that's quite a, a landslide isn't it so 93.8 percent of people are fine with adverts and podcasting within reason obviously um yeah. whereas 6.2 just won't simply won't listen to a show with adverts so yeah I'd, if i was asked you know um before this survey like what are some of the things that will put people off listening i, I might have said advertising again we've, we've talked about a lot in the past there's good and bad ways to do your adverts isn't there yeah. like you can, yeah. you can have eight minutes of just pre -recorded recorded like radio style ads or you can do a, a bit of a whole spread one where you relate yeah. it to personal experience and stuff so there's good and yeah. bad ways to, to do it but uh, in yeah. the main people don't care they're, they're yeah. respectful of it people understand that that's how it's free content people understand that they have to make a living somehow yeah so just do it well that's all that's cool uh we've got a section in there on the article um on how to run sponsorship as well so if you do want to start doing sponsorship and ads and stuff like that there's a wee link in the article over at thepodcasthost.com forward slash discovery that'll help you do that uh what about audio quality this should be uh, a pet subject to yourself matthew yeah, it was pretty much. So the question here, uh, how does sound quality affect your decision to keep listening? And 51.1% prefer the sound quality to be similar to a pro radio show like NPR, BBC, etc. 48.9% uh, were happy to listen to amateur quality audio as long as the content's good. So couple of things to unpack there. Firstly, like you could consider that a 50-50 split. Um the good news is really that it's it's not that hard to get decent sound and audio quality these days, yeah. Colin, is it? Yeah, yeah it's true. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we haven't, we maybe could, if we were going to do this one again, I'd maybe start to get some more detail on this one, actually. But um, the amateur quality audio is still pretty good these days if you just use decent kit, isn't it? Yeah, I think one of the, because um, we, we got a bit of feedback about this and some of the concerns uh, for podcasters who'd got in touch about this was, well, what if what if I've been podcasting for years and, you know, I, I maybe started in like 2011 and I've got a huge back catalogue and it, it sounds a bit rough. You know, what should <laughs> I do about that? So what, what yeah. advice would you give to somebody in that position, Colin? I mean, I, I think you can. I think people understand. Like, if you join in listening to a show that's three hundred episodes deep, and the really the the recent episodes sound great, but you go back and they're a bit rough. You get to know 
Um, for certainly my approach is that I'll listen to the recent episodes, I'll enjoy them with a the higher quality, but I'll delve back through and I'll put up with worse quality on the older ones just because I got to know and trust the, the host. You know, it makes a difference, I think. So as long as you show that you're improving it, as long as your recent episode, as long as you make the your latest episode as good as it possibly can be in all different ways, I think people will start listening along, they'll get to know you, they'll get to trust you, and it means they'll delve back through the old catalogue as well. Um, certainly, I would say if there are any kind of key episodes, any pillar episodes, you know, things that you keep referring people back to that you think could be improved in terms of quality, re-record. There's no reason not to go back and re-record sort of those most important episodes, I would say. Yeah, that's an option or, or what you could do, you know, in the short term, I suppose you could make a, a sort of content refresh plan to do that. But in the short yeah. term, what you could also do, you could record a quick sort of intro episode to the show and you can actually backdate that like before your first episode. So yeah. kind of like a start here and you could just explain, you know. You have to be careful with this because if you suddenly just dive into this episode apologizing and stuff like that, that might that might actually just turn people <laughs> away. People but off, yeah. if you're able to sort of signpost that, uh, you know, the earlier the earlier episodes are a bit rough and you don't necessarily have to start with them, um, there might be a way around it that way. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 I've always looked forward rather than back, but I do understand yeah. people's concerns that maybe some of their early stuff, they, they, they're worried that it might be turning people off. Yeah, yeah. Just I just think keep that mindset in mind. Like, Just make sure everything you do is a little bit better than the last mm-hmm. um, and you'll be all good. Uh, people will see you're improving and they'll, they'll, uh, they'll trust you and like you because of that. The next one, actually, well, just to say, we've got a guide to recording a podcast in that section of the article. So if you do want to get in there, make sure you are giving the best quality you possibly can. Pop over to the article again, and you'll see a guide to recording a podcast link. That's one of our most popular articles out there, just how to record a podcast. We've got tons of different options in there, from interview shows to solo shows, all that kind of stuff. So um, pop over there, and you'll find out exactly what you should be doing to keep your audio quality as high as possible. The uh, the famous episode length question, Colin, yeah. we get asked that a lot. What's the, what's the perfect uh, episode length for a podcast? <laughs> I, I was interested in this one, actually, because I think um, I feel, my gut feeling is that people are getting more and more um, wary of long shows because there's a lot of really good short shows out there and, you know, people listen to more and more podcasts and therefore it's hard to fit in a two-hour epic. And it's always been the big power of podcasting is that you can do as long as you like, like people out there do three-hour episodes and, and grow an audience around it. So it was interesting to see that three uh, two-thirds of people, over two-thirds, 69.9%, let's call it 70%, don't care about episode length. 70% of people will listen for the content, for the episode titles, for, for the people that are presenting, and they don't care about the length. Um, interestingly, thinking about short episodes, 20% nearly, so 19% of people feel put off by short episodes. So that's 20% of your potential listening audience. If you're less than 15 minutes, might be put off. But then again, 10%, well, 11%, sorry, prefer it if the episodes are shorter. So you've got a wee kind of, um, you've got a wee split there. Which is always good, isn't it? Like as soon as you find a split, that means that if you take one side of that split, you get more loyalty from the people that prefer that side. So uh, it shows, I think, that you know if you do do short episodes, you can find that kind of smaller niche audience that love that type of stuff and might be much more loyal to you as a result. 
Yeah, episode length, it's obviously it's good to have this data and there's a, a bit more to, to cover yet about this, but it should never be your starting point with a podcast, should it? Like um, the question of how long are my episodes going to be, fair enough, you, you want to maybe deal with that, but it's 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 definitely not like your starting point, is it? Yeah, totally. The, the, uh, the follow-up, which was around longer episodes. So uh, if you are looking at a podcast and you see that it's got very long episodes, by which we defined it as an hour or more, I would say that's a, that's a long episode if you go an hour or more, then a third of people get put off by it. So that's a, I think that's a big chunk. Like, So much more people are put off by long episodes, twice as many almost, get put off by long episodes than they do by short. So yeah, you go an hour and a half, suddenly you're potentially losing a third of all your potential listeners. Um, on the other hand, 15% prefer it if the episodes are longer. So you have got a wee niche there that love, you know, hour, two hour episodes that you can possibly draw in with much more loyalty. Yeah, and ultimately... Um... You know that your content should dictate the length of your episode rather than yeah. this data. So be aware of this. Yeah. You know, if you're going to go longer, okay, that might turn more people off, but some some people will love it. Um, and just make sure that you know if if you're putting out an episode that's an hour and a half, it's because it's an episode of an hour and a half of good content, and then you've nothing at all to worry about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we've got an article on this. So if you do pop over to the article again, thepodcasthost.com forward slash discovery, you'll find how long should podcast episodes be for a deeper dive. But I think that's it. That is our short answer to that, isn't it? Do as long as you need to, but as short as you can, <laughs> I would say. Catalogs. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. This this was one I, I, I think I suggested putting in because I was kind of interested because this does... This is something that affects my decision to listen to a show, I have to admit. What about you? Uh, I suppose it depends. If I was going to uh, find a new fiction podcast to listen to, yeah, I probably yeah. wouldn't start listening to one that had only put out three episodes. But, okay. you know, if they've got a big back catalogue, I, I feel I could dive into the story there. If it yeah. was um, a more uh, non-fiction, factual type of show, I might just yeah. find one episode that I'm really interested in and I'm not really that bothered about the other stuff they've covered. So it's um, yeah. it's one of those. Depends what, what difference... Uh, <laughs> Do you have to that, Colin? Uh, see, I, I struggle to... I get put off if I find a show which has 300 past episodes. Um, the reason being, uh, I feel like... I, I feel like if I start listening to a show that's really established, they're already going to be, there's already going to be a lot of, um, you know, in-jokes. There's going to be a lot of, you know, uh, there's, there's always potential for far more banter, for far more, you know, sidetracks, all that kind of stuff, far less focused because they, um, by that point, you're catering to your existing audience. You've already got a decent audience and you're catering to them, not new people. And if I want to go back and listen to, you know, their kind of starters on certain subjects. So if like, say it was a podcast and show um, and I wanted to find out what the best mic is, I'll have to delve back through all of their episodes to try and find their starter on that. They've probably already answered all the FAQs and they're going far too detailed for me in the recent episodes. And I don't necessarily like going back like two or three years to potentially old uh, information to to get their kind of starter on any subject. So it's a hard one because this is a big potential problem with podcasting in general, I think, because you've done it for five years. Like, what do you do to make sure you're still hooking in new listeners? I don't know. But anyway, let's look at what the data says, whether it's just me or not. <laughs> what, what did the data say on this, Matthew? 
Well, 63.7% said that a podcast back catalogue had no impact on whether or not they decided to listen. So the majority oh. there simply don't yeah, care. Uh, 16.5% prefer podcasts to have a small amount of episodes so they could catch up and easily follow along. So you're very much in that camp yourself based yeah, on what yeah. you were saying there, Colin. Yep, definitely, and, yeah. uh, on the other hand, fifteen point nine, so you know, pretty much a similar number, uh, prefer them to have a big back catalogue of hundreds of episodes, so uh, they can really yeah. spend a lot of time diving in. I suppose um, yeah. only three point nine percent don't listen to the back catalogues of shows they like at all, um, yeah. which is a funny one. That uh, surely yeah. you know, if you do, if you do um, find a a really good episode it's just weird to think that you'd <laughs> not check out any of their other stuff yeah, but one yeah. thing yeah. i've mentioned in the report there is that that's a that's a, a reason that if you if you get one new listener but you've got you know 50 episodes in your back catalog that's like 50 odd downloads because the, the chances are they're going to binge through that back catalog um yeah. so you, you get a lot more downloads than you do new listeners if that makes sense yeah yeah for sure it's good to know that though yeah so like basically two-thirds they don't they don't even look at the back catalog they'll just listen to a show based on what it is and and then another chunk the 15 percent, they'll listen even if it is a big back catalog the the good thing about that is that there's it's not exactly someone we can do anything about is it like if it was something that put people off like it does for me it's not like you can change it um Although on the other hand, I would argue sometimes that just good navigation sorts that out. Like if I listen to a show and I see that it's in seasons, I'm more likely to listen to the back catalogue because I know it's well organised. You know, I know I can listen to a certain chunk that's about a particular topic or even if they have like a regular kind of... Um, see, see, I've seen shows in the past which have like maybe a monthly episode or or every couple of months they'll have like a for newbies um title like it just it says for new listeners or there's a there's a, a weight training show that i listen to that does this they've got two or three different streams of episodes they've got a huge back catalog but they do like beginner's principles colon and then a title uh, and that's like they're kind of for they're refreshing it every couple of years, every year even. Um, they're kind of core information for new listeners, and I think that's a really nice way to get around this. If you do think that your podcast or your type of information needs to be refreshed a lot, or big back catalogs can make a difference. So there's a there's a couple of things you can do about it. I would say. Yeah, you even hear a, like a, it's not a lot of people that do this, but some folks will just take their back catalogue offline and and sell it as like a product almost. Yeah, so yeah, you know, you know, get the last um, fifty episodes for like a tenner or something like that. Um, you know, I've not I've not seen loads of people doing that. I think you need yeah. to probably have quite a bit of a listenership to to pull that off, but it. It's yeah. an option, um, probably not one not one worth doing based on this data because as we've shown, yeah. most people simply don't care. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, well that's the solid data, isn't it? We're just on to uh, our last question for for a bit of fun was um, we asked what's the most unusual way you've ever found a podcast, and the idea here was to find some inspiration about you know kind of uh, different ways to advertise your show, maybe some guerrilla marketing methods or anything like that. So what what were some of your favourites there, Matthew? Yeah, this was really fun actually to look through because um, yeah, pretty much everyone put something in here. Um, 
So yeah, a couple of just going down the list in order. So here's one uh, standing at standing at line at, at in a coffee shop, peeking over the shoulder of the person in front of me. So time of recording very inappropriate because of the whole social distancing thing. Yeah. And to be honest, a bit weird anyway. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> or a Tinder date. That. I recommend to own podcast. Eh? That was a good one. <laughs> That's good. So it just shows you a good way to promote your show. Get yourself on Tinder and go on some dates and just explain to your other half. Look. This is all to grow the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> what else there uh, jumps out at you, Colin, just going got, through it? We've got some of the standards that you've talked about doing if you weren't going to be arrested, which was uh, written on a bathroom stall. <laughs> you've got a cafe cat audience there. <laughs> we've all done it. Indeed. Um, uh, just have that scroll down myself. What we got in there? I saw a pod- podcast advertised on a magnet at the museum. So th- there is one there. That, that's one I've thought about a fair bit, like stickers and flyers and magnets. Magnets actually is a nice idea because I've thought about stickers before. You know, a lot of people have stickers for their show. They stick them on bathroom walls or whatever, you know, stick them around the place. Potential to get in trouble for that because technically it's a bit of work for somebody to clear it off if they don't want it to be there. But if it's just a magnet, like you've got these magnetized little stickers almost to just pop onto some metal. Um, that's not damaging anything, is it? So you probably wouldn't get in trouble for that. So interesting one there. No, coincidentally, I was writing about this uh, recently. So magnets, a couple of things on that. Yeah, you're right. Stickers could be considered vandalism. Um, so if you've got like a magnet, whether you're putting the magnet somewhere or giving them away, like if you make your way onto somebody's fridge, you think about like being on somebody's fridge is very underrated. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. prime real estate for getting uh, viewed every single day, and uh, for probably like ten years. I don't know how long people tend to keep fridges, but it might be yeah. longer. So like yeah. you know, you get magnets made for your show. Get yourself on somebody's fridge, yeah, um, totally. and yeah. it, it kind of. Oh, sorry, go on, go on. I was going to say merch in general, because we've got here as well, I like, saw on a t-shirt a guy wore at the airport. So like if you can get fans wearing your gear um, and stickers are a legitimate part of that, people might stick their sticker on your on their laptop uh, and then suddenly they're at the airport or on a train or whatever um, and, and people are looking at this person's laptop facing them and seeing your sticker there. So yeah, I, I mean, I think merch is worth a lot when it comes to marketing if you've got a decent loyal audience that will wear your merch for you then it makes a big difference yeah one of the ones i was uh, trying recently was like had them um, beer mats or coasters yeah, made yeah. you know like cardboard beer mats and um yeah. anytime like we're out in the pub and i've just got a handful of them in my pocket i just put like a couple under the glasses on the table and yeah. then uh, when you leave the pub you know you just leave them there and you never know yeah. like pe- people could come in after you and be like oh what's yeah. this and they, they yeah, might totally. check you out so it's quite a fun a fun little way using merch like that in a yeah. in a kind of inventive way yeah, yeah. So anyway, we won't go through them all, but there's some great stuff in there. There's maybe 20, 30 different ideas, um, ways that other people have found a new podcast in a strange way. So if you pop over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash discovery, you'll find it right there. And all the other resources, of course, everything else in here, all the data, all the stats, lots of takeaways, lots of things you can do with it are over at that article too. Uh, I'll just, sorry, go on, Matthew. Are you going to say something? 
I was just going to say, I was just going to summarize the key takeaways, or was that what you were going to do anyway? Or? No, no, go for it, go for it. Well, actually, before you do that, what I was going to do was mention uh, our academy. So, um, as always, our academy supports all the content we do on the site. It's our kind of, it's our coaching, our mentorship space, where if you come along, you find our free articles, you get your podcast started, or even if it's before that, you want help with getting your podcast started, you can pop in and get coaching from us directly, and all the courses and resources in there too. So, we do weekly coaching um every single week you'll find either matthew me uh, or Lindsay, or matt or somebody off the team running a live coaching session you can pop and ask all the questions you need to to get your show growing monetizing or even if it's launch we'll help you get it out there in the world we've got our launch courses from straight from scratch like from the planning right up to getting your show out there into the world and then on to things like editing skills and speaking skills and monetization and growth and all that stuff in there. So pop over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash academy if you want to check it out. Um, it's a yearly membership. You get the whole thing, everything included for a year um, and we'll help you get your podcast either launched, growing or even earning a bit from it. All righty then, a, a quick um, summary of some of the key takeaways from this summary, uh, from this survey even. Uh, so 780 people took the survey, 41% of them have never run a podcast before, 40% of them prefer to search their listening apps directory to discover new podcasts. Podcasts are judged mostly on their description and then their episode titles. And if you go to this uh, full article, you'll find links to getting the best from both your description and your episode titles as well. Um, people don't care if they've never heard of the podcaster or their guest, or most people don't care anyway. 28.9% of listeners will give a show up to 15 minutes to hook them, whilst 27.5% will only give it 5 minutes. The vast majority of listeners are fine with ads in podcasts within reason, and in terms of your episode length, going too long can lose you more listeners than going too short. And again, a lot of this stuff is going to be in your control. You'll find links to our guides and all of this stuff in the article itself. There's even a couple of links here. We've got a guide to promoting your podcast. We've got a guide to advertising your podcast and just some general tips and advice as well for for the thing that you can control, which is your own content, your own website and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, total BN gone. Indeed. I'm off now to uh, to go and help with the Alitu support. <laughs> We've had so many people in the last, that one of the sort of silver linings of all of this is that so many more people are getting into podcasting right now because they just want another way to get their word out there or even remote teams. I think a lot of remote teams are starting up podcasts to keep their teams connected, to talk to each other, all that stuff. So we're getting so many people signing up for Alitu right now. Um, and there's a lot of sports stuff, just helping people getting their shows up and running, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, if you're listening, Alitu is our podcast maker app. It's designed to make it really easy to record, to publish, to um, to uh, to process, like to clean up your show. It does all the processing, the leveling, the noise reduction, helps you edit your show, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, got tons of that to do today, Matthew. Yeah, I'm just going to kick back and open my beer now because I've uh, lived in my yeah. pyjamas all well for the last few <laughs> weeks. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's actually been uh, it's been quite hard not to just um, have a like a wee vodka or that most nights. I mean, I've not been honestly, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's one of those where it's like because the 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 weekdays and the weekends kind of merge into one. Yeah, and, um, 
Been doing yeah. a lot of exercise actually. Um, yeah. Been quite mindful of that, so uh, I might I might come out of this. Uh, maybe I'll have as big guns as you do, Colin. We all your um, <laughs> weight training and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of melting away. Uh, no, actually, I'm doing this. It's funny, isn't it? The whole um, we're allowed one exercise a day right now, and therefore because we're allowed it, I think more people are actually doing it. <laughs> it's yeah, like, what well, you can't exercise once a day? That's possible. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you were allowed to do this anyway, but yeah. yeah, it's true. Maybe maybe the whole population will come out of this a bit a bit healthier. The ones that yeah. don't get the old COVID nineteen, but. Aye, exactly. I think I'm sure we'll make up for it with uh, like terrible cooking at home and, like you say, much more drinking at home. And all that <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. All well, right. It's been, been good to have a chat. Yeah. Indeed. Same. Um, and we'll catch up hopefully even in the office at some time in the not too distant future. Yeah. Twenty twenty two. okay well thank you for listening if you're out there i hope you're all staying safe and well Um, i hope this is useful to you as well i hope it helps you to get your show discovered more easily again final reminder go over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash discovery if you want all the data all the follow-ups all the actions otherwise we'll talk to you on a future episode